Hello and welcome to Bible Talk with the West End Church of Christ. My name is Eric Craig. We're glad to have you with us for another edition of Bible Talk today, and we're in episode number 34, and I want to think about a God named God. You know, if you take a moment, you think about all the different false gods that either have existed throughout history or that exist today. Just take a moment, make a list. You think about historically, you read in the Bible about various false gods like Baal or Dagon and various ones. Um, Or you think about false gods today. Maybe you think about uh, Buddha, for example. Or you think about other things that often people allow to be a, a god to them. A lot of times money. For example, people will have their covetousness become idolatry. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5 even talks about that. Or maybe it's sports or, or something else that just somebody or something is just elevated to the point of where God should be. And so there's a lot of false gods historically and even in our society and in the world today. But one false god in particular might surprise you. And yet I would argue that I think a lot of people are following that false god. And that is a god who they call God. A lot of times people will study the scriptures and they'll look about God and and they'll evaluate some things about who he is. But instead of just accepting who God says he is, people will often twist God into who they want him to be. You see, and, and that's setting up a false god for ourselves. You know, we have to look simply at the Scriptures and accept who God says He is. Right? We shouldn't feel comfortable to just make God into whoever we want Him to be. You know, if you started making a list as you study through the Bible and just think about the different things God says about Himself and His characteristics and how He works and various things like that, Right? You have to accept every one of those things as being true about the God who does exist. Otherwise, you're, you're changing God into someone else, someone he's not, and making a false God for yourself named God. I invite you to take out your Bibles and follow along as we go through this study together here today. And we want to look at Romans chapter 1 to get started. Romans chapter 1 and verses 24 and 25. It tells us here, Paul's writing, he says, Therefore God delivered them over to the desires, in the desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served what has been created instead of the Creator, who is praised forever. Amen. And this follows uh, the, the part of this text that talks about how God has made himself known to his throughout the world, right? Throughout the universe, he has made himself known through what he has made, if you look at verses 19 through 21, that we're without excuse for not knowing who God is. But yet, How often do we exchange the truth of God for a lie? And we have to be very careful. We need to evaluate ourselves. Don't just think about everybody else that we know. Evaluate ourselves. 
Is there some truth about God that I am exchanging for a lie? Am I setting up a false god named God? We're going to explore that more as we go along through this uh, episode of Bible Talk. Before we do that, we want to um, invite you, if you're able to, come and worship God with us. We'd love to have you join us. We assemble at 987 West Main Street in Newark, Ohio. Um, Come join us on Sunday mornings for Bible study at 945 and Sunday evening, or excuse me, Sunday morning for worship at 1030. Uh, We're also having Bible study right now on Wednesday nights at 630, um, hoping to be able to come back together on Sunday evenings soon as well. Um, But if you're in our area, you can come and join us. We'd love to have you. You would be our welcomed guest. If you're interested in a free Bible study, you'd like to study the Bible at home, uh, we would love to send some Bible study material to you uh, through the mail. You can call or text 740-527-3403. Just let us know that you'd like to get started on the, the free Bible study course, and we'll mail that out to you. Again, it's all free of charge, and no matter where you're at in your Bible study, uh, you can use this to get started or restarted or take it to the next level or whatever. You can also email me at preacher at thewestendchurch.org or you can visit www.thewestendchurch.org forward slash Bible study. You can sign up for that course there at that page. Once again, we're thinking about a God named God. You know, God wants us to seek him. God wants us to seek Him truly, right? Not seek some idea that we have about Him or something that we're creating about who He is. He wants us to seek Him. And that means accepting who He is, not having itching ears that wants to change who God is to fit ourselves. So let's think about just three common ways that I believe people change the truth about God, exchange the truth about God for a lie. And change God into someone he is not. First, some people serve a God named God who is a God who does not punish. There are a lot of people who, when they think about who God is, they recognize him to be a loving, a gracious, a merciful, forgiving, patient God. And he is all of those things, right? We could make a study through the scriptures and find out that he is every one of those things that I just mentioned to you. But a lot of times where people can fall short if we're not careful is that we accept those truths about God, but then when we come to the truths, for example, that God punishes and has promised to punish those who, um, who refuse to listen to and obey him, and we might, that may make us uncomfortable. We may not like that piece about who God is. And so we may set that aside and we may reject that for some reason. We might try to justify that in some way. You know, sometimes folks say, well, you know, the God of the Old Testament, he was a vengeful God. He was a God who uh, we see demonstrating his wrath on his enemies and a very strict God. But that was the God of the Old Testament. The God of the New Testament, a lot of times people will say, is is not those things. That today, because of Jesus um, and his sacrifice, now God's just a loving God. 
And he doesn't punish anyone. He won't condemn anyone to hell. Well, there's a lot of problems with that. For example, if you come over into the New Testament, we're already in Romans, so let's go to chapter 11 of Romans. And what we see as we look at this verse is that God today is still a severe God. Now, that may not be who you might like to think God is, but that's who God says he is. And so what we have to do is accept that truth about him. Romans 11, we're going to look at verse 22. Therefore, it says, consider God's kindness and severity. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness toward you if you remain in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. Now, we could study that passage contextually, but it shows us exactly what it says, that God is both a kind and a severe God, and you can be both. And God demonstrates how that is the case with him, that if individuals follow him and and trust him and, and live and do what he says, they'll experience God's kindness, and his kindness is, is, is great. But if you fall, if you don't listen to God, if you don't believe him and you don't obey what he says, then you'll experience the severity of God. And there's other passages as well. I mean, Jesus warned people in Matthew chapter 25 when he pictured the judgment day scene in verses 31 to 46, specifically verse 41, right? He will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay, so so these individuals, not just the devil and his angels who were going to be put into this everlasting fire, but it was those who were on the left, left hand. And you can see who those individuals are if you read earlier on in this text. Verse 46 says that they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Okay, so we see this several times. We'll go over to 2 Thessalonians, and there's another text there. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we look at verse 8 and 9, talking about what's going to happen when Jesus Christ comes back. It says in verse 8, when he takes vengeance with flaming fire, on those who don't know God and on those who don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will pay the penalty of eternal destruction from the Lord's presence and from his glorious strength. So these are just a few passages. But you see that if we want to truly worship and serve God, we have to accept the fact that he he is a vengeful God in the sense that he will punish those who do not obey him. Now, we may not want to believe in that. There may be a lot of times, and why people even do this, as far as why, why would people change God into um, this idea of a, of a God who doesn't punish? Well, we like that idea better. You know, certainly I, I'd love to sit here and, and talk about that, um, that, you know, God doesn't punish anyone and doesn't matter how you live and, and those kinds of things, but that's not who our God is. And so it doesn't matter how much comfort maybe that brings to us, how much we may like that, how much it may make us feel free to do just whatever we want to do. The reality is that's not 
who God says he is. So that's one way that people turn God into a false god, is they they just simply believe in a God who does not punish. But there's another way, and that is they believe in a God who considers man's happiness more important than obedience. There are a lot of times who where people will believe in a God who they just they just believe just wants them to be happy. Now I'm not saying God wants us to be unhappy, but I also see many times in Scripture where serving God, following Jesus, requires denying ourselves, right, of those things that we might find pleasurable or enjoyable or whatever. So that should tell us that God, the true God that exists, the God who reveals himself through Scripture, is not a God who places your happiness and what you want to do above following him. Right? But it's certainly a convenient belief, right? and it's why so many people tend to gravitate toward it. Of well, God, God doesn't have laws. God, God just, you know, all the Bible is is a is a love letter toward us. There are people who believe that. Maybe that's you. And if so, I just challenge you to really seek the search the scriptures and seek the God who has revealed Himself in Scripture. And what you will find, upon an honest examination of the scriptures, is that no God does have a law. In fact, he tells us he has a law. Even in the New Testament, he tells us that he has a law. And that law requires bringing ourselves into subjection to him. Let's just read a few verses. Let's go to Luke chapter 9. Okay, and we just notice how this is a false idea about God. Luke chapter 9, and in verse 23, this is Jesus, and he says... Um, to some on this occasion, he says, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Okay? Deny self, take up your cross daily, follow him. Right? None of that shows that we can put what we want to do, our pleasures, our happiness, above what God says. You know, but there's a lot of times that when people deny this truth about God, right, so they'll, they'll think, well, if being happy requires an unscriptural divorce or remarriage, God, God wants you to go for it. If being happy means going out with, the, um, with your friends and engaging in social drinking and various things like that, then God says, have a good time. If being happy means going to the ball game instead of going to worship God, um, then God wants you to go root for the home team. right? Just those kinds of ideas. But yet, what we're reading in Scripture is that following Jesus isn't like that. Following Jesus puts doing His will above your own. Other passages. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. You know, certainly... A God who considers man's happiness as more important than obedience is not the God the Apostle Paul served, that that, that he recognized as being in existence. For example, in 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, and verse 27, Paul says, Indeed, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control. 
so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Paul saw the need to bring his body under strict control, not just let it go however he wanted to and whatever would make him happy. You look at another passage from Paul over in the book of Galatians in chapter 2 and in verse 20, where he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, so it wasn't Paul who lived, right? He put that life to death. He just When you live how you want to live, that, that life's part of the old man. That, part, that life's gone in order to truly follow Jesus. Today, our lives have to be about serving God, which involves self-discipline, right? The language of crucifying self here. We, you could go read Luke chapter 14, about verse 25 or so down to verse 33, and he talks about that you can't follow Jesus. You can't be his disciple if you don't put him above your earthly relationships and your possessions and even your own life, and right? All these things. So, you have to count the cost is the point of that Jesus makes in that text, which tells us there's cost, which means it's going to cost us things that might be appealing to us on a physical level. So again, although people, it may be comforting to us, it may be appealing to us to have an idea of God who just wants you to be happy no matter what that means, no matter what kind of lifestyle you Uh, choose to pursue, that's simply not the God, the true God, who has revealed himself through Scripture. And so if you choose to, to worship and to serve that kind of God, well, God gives you the ability to do that. He gives you the free will to do that. But please know that you're not really serving God if you do. So those are two ways that individuals often have a God named God. And we've got one more to consider. But before we do that, I want to, again, just take a moment and really just encourage you to, if you haven't already done so, to go online or to get out your phone and to send a message to us to request a free Bible study course. You can call or text us at 740-527-3403. Or you can email me at preacher at thewestendchurch.org or you can go to www.thewestendchurch.org forward slash Bible study and you can sign up there. Um, we just really encourage you that, you know, if we want to really seek God, we, we have to study the scriptures. And God reveals himself to us through the pages of scripture. And we need to really make it our effort to really seek God by, by studying His will. And we invite you, if you haven't started that journey, we invite you to do that today. Um, again, we would love to be involved in trying to, to send you materials that we believe will, will help you to seek the true and the living God. Um, and again, maybe you've started down that path and you've been seeking God. Um, then we just simply encourage you that you know, maybe these Bible studies might help you to um, continue on that path. You know, I think about the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, and you think about how um, he, 
he was reading the scriptures, but it wasn't all making sense to him. Um, he was reading Isaiah 53 in particular, and he was questioning, well, well who's this talking about? Is, was the prophet talking about himself or some other man or, or what? And he needed someone to guide him, as that passage goes on to show us. And so hopefully these Bible studies can be a guide to you in trying to, to help you think through some Bible subjects. If you're interested in, again, uh, in that, again, please get in touch with us. The easiest way is just to, to call or text 740-527-3403 and just let us know that you want to get started with those Bible courses. We'll put them in the mail uh, to you. And again, they're free of charge. And we invite you to go on that spiritual journey. All right, we've been thinking about a God named God. And there's one more that we want to think about. Sometimes individuals will worship and serve a God who they believe directly controls everything that happens. Now, there's no question that God is the one who's in control. God is a sovereign God. No question about that. The scriptures plainly demonstrate that to us. But a lot of times people have in their minds, and this is a subject we could take up perhaps in a, in a future episode of this broadcast, or if you have more questions specifically about this subject, about the sovereignty of God and, and such things, then get in touch with us. You can call and text that number or email me and such, and we'll talk about that more. But there are a lot of people who think of God and they think about him as some kind of a puppet master who's pulling the strings of every single thing that happens, that everything that happens happens that way because that's how God determined to make it happen. Okay? But there's a couple of problems with that, of, of uh, a couple of results that that leads to. And people who have this perspective of God, one thing is that they will see every bad thing as that happens in this earth as directly because God made that thing happen. So if your loved one gets sick or dies, it is because God made that happen. Okay? Right now, as I record this, we're going through the coronavirus pandemic. All right? the, um, this idea of God would say that it is God who made this happen exactly in every way as it has. Um, if somebody has a traffic accident, it is because God made that person have that accident. Right? Those kinds of ideas. Another thing that it does is that it actually gives us a, an excuse for personal failings. Because again, if, if God is the one who is pulling the strings for everything that I do in my life, then I don't have free will to decide how I want to live and what I want to do and what I need to change and all those kinds of things. If I change something, it's because God makes it me change. If I don't, it's because God has made me stay that way. Right? It's just the way that I am and things like that. And this is a dangerous perspective of who God is. Now, I'm certainly not saying that God is not the one who's in control, and I'm certainly not saying that he doesn't use everything that happens to accomplish his will. What I'm, what I'm saying is that not everything that happens is, is because God made that or desired for that thing to happen that specific way. Um, for example, one, one passage that I would invite you to consider um, is over in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, and look at verse 11. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11. The wise man Solomon, he wrote, Again I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, or the battle to the strong, or bread to the wise, or riches to the discerning, or favor to the skillful. Rather, time and chance happened all of them. So what we do have to realize is that there are things that God has set into motion, and God lets these things happen. When you study the will of God from a scriptural perspective, you actually find that there are four different ways that that can be used. One is the decretive will of God, we might call it. Right? When God decrees something, it's going to happen. It's going to happen that way. Okay? But God doesn't decree everything will happen the way that it happens. There are other things. For example, the prescriptive will of God. Right? You think about God prescribes for us to live in a certain way, right? according to the Scriptures. He wants us to love our enemies. He wants us to be kind. And he wants us to exercise self-control and all those kinds of things. He prescribes those things for us. But we have the free will to, to reject that. Right? God doesn't force us to live that way. And you can read passages like Matthew 23, verses 37 to 39. Jesus was looking over the city of Jerusalem, and, and he laments over Jerusalem and talks about how he wanted to gather them together. He wanted them to listen to God, but they, they weren't willing. Right? So God wanted them to live for him, but they rejected that. Okay, A third type of the will of God is the permissive will of God. So there are some things that God permits or allows to happen. doesn't mean that he wants it to happen or that he decrees for it to happen, but he permits for it to happen. Another example, another kind of will of God then is the desired will of God. For example, God desires all people to be saved. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4, 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. But yet just because God desires it doesn't mean that everyone will be saved. Again, God, the true God who has revealed himself through Scripture, is not a God who directly controls everything that happens. All right, I'm sure we could talk about others. But as we bring this episode to a close, hopefully it at least causes us to really step back and reflect on our lives and and our view of who God is. And hopefully that we recognize that it is possible to exchange the truth about God for a lie. And that doesn't just apply to rejecting that there is a God. It also applies to how we can take our idea about who God is and form an idea that's different than what God reveals about himself in the pages of Scripture. We need to be careful and make sure that we're not changing God into someone that is different from what the Bible says, and someone who just fits us and what we want. Before we close our study, once again, we invite you, if you're interested in that free Bible study course, to um, to text or call us at 740-527-3403. Email us at preacher at thewestendchurch.org. Or you can get on the line and sign up at www.thewestendchurch.org forward slash Bible study. If you have any Bible questions, then please reach out to us. Again, call or email us and let us know. Maybe there's something we could talk about in a future episode of this uh, program. And if you're in our area, 
we would invite you to come and worship God with us. Um, we assemble at 987 West Main Street in Newark, Ohio, and we invite you to come join us on Sunday mornings at 945 for Bible study, 1030 for worship, or, at sun, or Wednesday evenings at 630 we have a period of Bible study. We'd love to have you come and worship God with us. We thank you so much for taking the time to study the Bible along with us today, and we invite you to join us next time on Bible Talk.